content and main part of your prayers. Probably, mostly, we pray about our daily lives. That's nearest to our heart. Lord, help me with my examination tomorrow. <laughs> Lord, be with me. Heal me or heal my sick relative. Lord, help me to succeed in the undertakings of my business. Lord, bless me and our family. Lord, guide me. I don't know the way. All these petitions have their place. But when you look how Jesus taught his disciples, it is quite different. The Lord's Prayer is like a prayer training or an example of a prayer, how we can pray along. Matthew 6, 9, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. After the address, our Father in heaven follows the first petition, hallowed be your name. Do you can think of anything that relates to that in the Old Testament? The third commandment? where it says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And here in the New Testament, Jesus teaches his disciples to do something positive. Hallowed be your name. Why does this petition stand in the first place? How is God's name hallowed, sanctified? With this first petition, Jesus teaches us that in our prayers, God should take the first place. As we have seen already, we tend to think of the fourth petition, give us our daily bread today, which means uh, everything we need in our lives. But the petitions of the Lord's Prayer is, hallowed be your name, God's name be great, not ours. Thy kingdom come, not my kingdom. Your will be done, not my will. God is in the center, is in the focus, not, on, not us. Some people only want to use God for their own purpose. God is the servant. I can call on if I need it. If I don't need it, okay, I can forget about it. And uh, if God does not answer their prayers in their ways, they are disappointed and may turn away from God. When people treat us like that, we feel offended. I can speak from my own experience. We have been foreigners among a tribal people. Everybody thought they are the rich ones. And uh, so some people sought a relationship with us only for the purpose to get some financial advantage. And if that didn't happen, they turned away and sometimes even against us 
telling us you are stingy. But how often does this happen to God? How does he feel if we treat him like that? When God does not answer, what do we do? Turn away from him? God's name is hallowed when we are in fellowship with him and when he is the center of our lives. The highest aim of our prayers should be to glorify God. The highest aim of our lives should be to give honor to God. All of my life should serve the purpose that God's name be praised, be exalted. Not my name shall be great, but God's name. If we want God's name to be worshipped and hallowed, then our achievements, our success in life can't be priority. But God gives us afterwards. If you seek the kingdom of God first, he will give you what you need. You can trust him. Jesus wants our prayers to be focused on God. Only when we see God's holiness, his greatness, power, wisdom, and love, can we see our problems and requests in the right perspective. In the light of the Almighty God, our difficulties and worries are not insurmountable anymore. But we will trust in the God who has created heaven and earth, whose name is above all names. He has got the way. Secondly, God's name is hallowed through his works in judgment and grace. When we think of Pharaoh in the Old Testament, we have heard the story. When Moses and Aaron went to see him, he answered, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. I'm the boss. I'm here. I tell people what they have to do. Nobody else has to tell me. Pharaoh wanted to be great. He wanted to be the greatest. But if we want to make a great name for ourselves, want to be greatest and have authority and autonomous life, nobody has to tell us what to do, then we come into competition with the greatest one, with God. And who is going to win that competition? Did Pharaoh win? Did Nebuchadnezzar win? Or King Herod? Or will any of the present-day dictators win? But God is telling the Israelite, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. God is going to glorify his name so that the Egyptians will know that God is Lord. When the Egyptians' army drowned in the Red Sea, it was judgment on them. But at the same time, the Egyptians saw 
there is a God bigger than Pharaoh. There's someone they can't control. For the Israelites, of course, the same act of God was grace. And they sang a new song. Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? And for the nations around, it was a terrific sign. They remembered it for years and years. They realized that this God, the God of Israel, is greater than any God. In this way, God hallowed his name in the presence of many nations. Only God's own people forgot very quickly. They had gone through the Red Sea, and three months later, at Mount Sinai, when Moses was on the mountain and didn't come back in the expected time, they said to Aaron, come on, let's have create a golden calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. They desecrated God's name. Yes, self-made self idols are easy to deal with because we can tell them what they should do or what purpose they have. But you cannot manipulate the holy and almighty God. He has the right to tell us what we should do. When Israel had dis desecrated God's holy name with the golden calf, God was about to destroy his chosen people. He wanted to start all over again with Moses and his descendants. God said to Moses, I will make you into a great nation. And how did Moses react to that suggestion? He said, oh, God, thank you. You have recognized me, what I have done already in my life. Now is the time. I will have a great nation. Not at all. Moses pleaded with God not to bring his fierce judgment on his chosen people. If you read the whole text in Exodus 32, 11 to 14, you can see that Moses had only one thing in mind, to honor God. Moses is not looking forward to making a great name for himself, but he is concerned about God's name. God's name should be hallowed among the nations. He reminds God of all his promises he has given to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Moses puts his own life on the line. And he pleads with God, but now please forgive their sin. But if not, then blot me out of the book you have written. That was a bold statement. And God listened. Why? God saw Moses wants to honor God. Hallowed be your name.
And if we want to honor God in our life and we pray in, we pray in the will of God and God listens, we can learn from Israel's history how God wanted his name to be hallowed through his own people. When they were in exile in Babylon, God spoke through the prophet Ezekiel, I will show the holiness of my great name which has been profaned among the nations. The name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I show myself holy through you before their eyes. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. Until today, we can see God's holiness and glory in his historical acts with his people, the nation of Israel. When he says, I will take you out of the nations, I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. The promise goes far beyond that coming back from Babylon to their own country. That was from one country to their own country. Here it's from going back to their country from all the nations. That means this promise is also being fulfilled before our eyes today. God works wonders today. What for? In order that his name be hallowed. And thirdly, God's name is hallowed through Jesus Christ. As we have seen, people are hardly able to hallow God's name not even God's own people. <clears throat> we often resemble Israel at Mount Sinai and need to be re reminded not to misuse God's name. But still, God's holy name is misused in this world. It is profaned, desecrated, and soiled. Jesus did not teach us to hollow God's name, but that it be hallowed. Why? Because God himself has taken action so that his name be hallowed. He sent his son, Jesus, into this world where God's name had been misused, distorted, and besmirched. Jesus took his name on himself. Jesus took all that misuse, the abuse of God's name, to the cross. And he carried the punishment for that as well. There on the cross alone is God's name hallowed. There on the cross, Jesus fulfilled what Moses was ready to do for his people. Jesus stood in the gap. He gave his life to us. In his high priestly prayer in John 17, we can see how Jesus wants God's name to be sanctified in his suffering. In the face of the cross, Jesus says, I have revealed your name to those whom you gave me, and for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Jesus has revealed the Heavenly Father to us. Through faith in Jesus, we have become his sons and daughters. Therefore, we have the right to call God our Father, Abba, dear Father. The wrath of God, God's judgment, hit his own son. 
God's name was desecrated by men, but God judges the desecration of his name on the cross. And God glorifies his name through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. All his sons and daughters are allowed to carry his name, you and me. His name was laid on us when we were baptized. We are baptized in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And this name is not a spoiled and misused name that has been laid on us, but rather the holy and sanctified name of God. We are enfolded into that holy name. Therefore, we pray boldly, hallowed be your name. We carry that name, and we make known that name. God's name shall be hallowed and honored among the nations. That was the aim of Moses. It was the request of David and Solomon, and the prophets saw that it will happen, that God is honored among the nations. And this is a profound reason for missions. And because this church is involved in mission, has obeyed Jesus' commission. You are engaged with the Shan people, and we were living in Thailand, and we heard about the IPC for many years. We have never been here, but now we are here, and we are glad to be here. And we thank you so much for your involvement in that. Missions makes a real difference. It is an answer to this prayer that God's name be hallowed among the nations. When we went to Thailand to go work among the Korean people, and you may have heard about the Korean in the recent days, uh, especially from Burma, but we were working in Thailand, there are about six, seven hundred thousand people, in Burma maybe three to five million. Many people uh, have turned to Christ. Forty years ago, it was only very few. And we lived in the Omkoi district, southwest of Chiang Mai. God revealed his name to these people so often in many incidences. And today we estimate about 40% Christians in that same district. Every Sunday, God is worshipped in hundreds in a hundred churches, and God's holy name is called on. They all pray what Jesus has taught us, hallowed be your name. And we hear that many Shan are turning at this stage too. Forty years ago, only a few, very few Shan had become Christians. They are staunch Buddhists. It's quite hard that they will leave that. Until today, it's not easy. And yet, churches are planted among this people group. Hallowed be your name among the nations. Praise the Lord for that. And we pray, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I summarize. Our prayer should focus on God first, as Jesus has taught us. God's name is hallowed 
when God takes first place in our prayers and in our lives. God's name is hallowed through his works in judgment and grace, and we can learn from it. Judgment and grace. Sometimes I wonder what's going on in this world at this stage, <laughs> just by the way, this pandemic. And we can think about why does God let that be? We are very autonomous people and think we can do everything. And God shows us no. This virus could be much worse. It's worse enough, but what would we do then? Just think about the greatness of God. And he, of course, he has got it in his hand too. And God's name is hallowed through Jesus Christ, who has revealed the Father to us. God's name is supremely hallowed at the cross. Because God's holy name has been laid on us at our baptism, let us live our lives to honor God, so that in our personal life, in our families, as well as among the nations, God's name will be hallowed. Amen.